0: Hello, 6am Run community, 6am runners, anyone listening to this on a run, anyone, you know, however you're listening to the episode today, I want to always, as always, thank you for being part of our community. Thank you for listening to these. I feel like, you know, obviously I'm taking you guys on these journeys as I'm meeting some really amazing people who are teaching us about things, who are giving us their two cents on becoming better. I think always, we always try to look into ourselves of how can we be better the next day than we were the day before. And with that, I, I definitely don't want to waste my guest's time. And she has a lot to discuss with you guys. So I think things that we all go through, especially in today's time and age, um, are definitely some some challenging subjects. But uh, Genesis Amaris Kemp, welcome to the 6am Ron podcast. How are you? And also, how are you? And can you please dive a little deeper and introduce yourself?
1: Hi, homie. I am doing well. And thank you so much for having me on your platform. A little bit about me. I'm going to start with the professional side and where I am now. I spent 15 years in corporate America as a whole. 12 of them have been in the oil and gas and energy sector, then recently pivoted into the entrepreneurship journey after being laid off from oil and gas. It's a very sickle business. Now I do my visionary life coaching. I'm an author So I have two books out on the market and three book collaborations with the fourth one about to drop. But what I really want to come on and talk to your community today is passion versus purpose. What does that look like and how can you really ignite that inner spark inside of you that complements your core values while really finding your grounding on why you were created and why you exist today?
0: Awesome. And obviously, and I think you're a lot like when I look at your bio and and why I asked you on there, I think your bio reminds me of when I was in corporate America. I don't miss it. But what I know is that I'm different. Right. And there's people that love that space. And but want to improve in there. Uh, My wife and I talk about this all the time. While I'm not, you know, Mr. Corporate America, she is, she likes that world. You know, she wants to, you know, help companies grow and work for a company, whereas I'm just, there's different types of people, right? I'm like, F that, I want to be the company, right? Talk though to that audience that wants to, you know, do better in that environment. I have a couple questions and I, I can maybe kind of say them now, I know a couple of things. One, I know health and wellness helped me be better in the corporate environment. When I was getting up at six in the morning, I was going to work much more like motivated the harder tasks, jobs were given to me because I was quote unquote, more responsible getting to work early. But what I'll say is I feel like as an entrepreneur, minorities get a little more you know, gifted items because I feel like the government will help entrepreneurs a lot more. And especially nowadays, I love that minority businesses are getting a lot more grants and aids. I don't feel like corporate employees get the same love that I feel like minority entrepreneurs get a lot more love than minority employees. Can you talk to that?
1: Yeah. So I could definitely speak from the employee bucket first. So when I was working for a fortune 500 oil and gas company, I literally felt like that token person. Like I was there for them to check the box for them to show that they are diverse, inclusive, equitable, but I did not find the B anywhere in there. And the B stands for belonging because when you work for a company and you're the only one on your team, you're the only one that's different. And you see a one, Thank mm-hmm. you. There's a gender gap, especially working in a male-dominated field. And then adding on the other layer of color. And when you see that your succession plan is different than your peers, when you see that there is a pay disparity between what you're making versus your peers, even though you're doing the same amount of work and you have the different bells and whistles, then how can that influence you to do more work? Because you're already doing twice the work to really be seen, but are you necessarily... Being heard. There's been a lot of times where I've had the seat at the table and they actually want you to just kind of sit there and look pretty or just check the box. And then whenever you do say something, it's like, oh, you're aggressive, or I got you're an angry black woman, or etc. So I don't feel incentivized as much as I do now in the entrepreneurship world because now with me being a podcaster, with me being an author, there are certain things that I can do and say without worrying about the censorship that would come from as if I was in the employee bucket, without worrying about... Those non-competes, because whenever you are working for an employer, there are certain activities that you can't do because it may go against their policies and procedures, or it may go against their branding, when in actuality, that is kind of tied to your your morals and your values. Like you may want to go participate in that activity, but that company may not allow that because it's frowned upon or like speaking engagements. If you want to speak at like a conference, sometimes you have to go through public and government affairs to get approval to speak at a conference where you wow. know you're qualified and you know it's part of your subject matter expertise. But they want to see, is this going to taint the image? What is the company getting out of it? And et cetera. Whereas entrepreneurship, you mentioned those grants that you get in the different aids because you are a minority. So there's different money that you can to build up your business and really take your journey to the next level. And I think those are the two big differences there. And I feel like with diversity, equity, and inclusion, plus let's put in the B there, there are different pros and cons whenever you're looking at the employee world versus the entrepreneurship world. And I always encourage people to do what is best for you based on the season that you are currently in. If it doesn't make you feel good, if it's not adding value to you and value is not being added back because it should go both ways, then maybe you need to reevaluate the situation that you're in because Mm -hmm. you spend the majority of your time at work if you're in that employee bucket. But whenever you transition to an entrepreneurship, your clients is what's paying you. So you're actually working there, but is the work that you're doing rewarding? And is it um, fulfilling? Because you don't want to have that taxing that's emotionally and physically draining.
0: Right? No, absolutely. Now, speaking of, you know, can an employee single-handedly change that narrative?
1: I believe so. So I changed that narrative because when I started off in my career, so I started oil and gas back in 2009 of April and my job was very basic as hell. <laughs> I was an imaging clerk, which oh. was so boring. But then what I did to scale up quickly is I began to network internally because I wanted people to know me that was outside of my department and that afforded me to take ownership of my career and really nice. climb up. So from an imaging clerk, I went into project management. Then I went into HSC, which is health, safety, and environmental. Then I became a manager. And once I got up there, there was nowhere else to go salary-wise, and I already hit that glass ceiling. So that's what led me to transition to the Fortune 500 world, where I had to start all the way over again as an administrative assistant. But it was a humbling experience, even though I was taking a step back. But from that experience, working with the big boys, I learned to, you know, it's not all about what you know, but who knows you, who can mention your name in rooms. And whenever I say who knows you, Don't do anything that is going to label you or that is going to put you in a bucket where you did some strange things for a piece of change. What I'm talking about is using your skills, your gifts, and your talents as an asset versus a liability to help you navigate those uncharted territories. And by me doing that, I did step out activities, which were activities that were in addition to my base job getting done because they were able to see that I could take more on my plate. Also, making sure that I got to network internally by different ERGs, which are employee resource groups and then different nonprofit organizations that I knew the company partnered with and that gave me a competitive advantage cuz it wasn't just people in my area that knew we, knew me but it was people in other departments that got to know me and my skill sets and that's what got me recommended for different job opportunities that came oh, up
0: i love that no that was really really you know that makes a lot of sense and then with morale right let me ask you this i think sometimes people feel stuck though right? Or they don't feel like they can get any better or do any better. And one thing I hate is the adage of work hard. I always say, for example, with when it comes to work, right? My wife's, you know, father-in-law, he works at a school, he's a janitor. If he works harder, that doesn't change his position or his salary. I always, and I even hated when, you know, bosses say, hey, work harder. You know, I feel like today, and, and I'd like your thought on this, I think, one of the things I feel like you can do to differentiate yourself is always bring something to the table. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, would you agree at least with that statement of, hey, you've got to always be bringing value to your job every day in some way, shape or form and prove your value?
1: I definitely agree because whenever you are adding value, they then begin to see you as an asset. They feel like you can definitely stretch yourself because they want to know, okay, is this person just here to, you know, get their job done, but they're not adding value in other areas where we could really accentuate their skills and talent. And then by you adding value, it could be something that maybe you're passionate about and you could turn that passion into a passion project at work. Like for example, if you're in an administrative role, like when I started out, I like project management. So I said, what type of um, events that can I volunteer for that I can help coordinate? And by doing that event coordination, you get to connect with people in procurement because you know there are certain supplies Mm -hmm. that need to be bought, you get to connect with outward clients, clients who are now partners, whether they're vendors or, or they're sponsors or et cetera, and they get to know you. So when outside people get to know you with the company, they're also going to refer back to their contact that is in charge of that role and give you a referral. And then you could also use them as leverage if you want to transition outside of the company and move into other areas because they already built up that rapport and they have that relationship going. Some other things that you could do to add value is ask a lot of questions. Sometimes people feel like asking questions will show a sign of weakness, but I think asking questions is a sign of empowerment because Mm. it lets them know that you want to learn more and you're hungry and
0: you're eager. Absolutely absolutely. You mentioned like workplace. Let me ask you your take on this. It seems like you all you have a I, and it's funny you you worked in this department. I would have guessed maybe more of an HR background, but let me ask though, what is your thought on workplace like relationships, making friends? Cuz I feel like too it's it's a you want to be that balance, right? You want to have great relationships and have your employees like you or not employees but your your coworkers like you, not obviously be annoyed by you or not like you like But at the same time, not be viewed as, you know, the social, the socialite, right? I feel like I'm getting a lot of, and I apologize if it's going this direction, but I feel like we're getting so many like advice, kind of HR type advice tips from you. So I apologize for that. But it seems like you just, you know, that corporate world. And I feel like this is something like a lot of younger, you know, people can kind of take advice from and and, and you speak to that.
1: So I definitely think when you are building professional relationships, there is a balance whenever you cross the lines personally. And one thing that I like to do because... But building those relationships, I like to always start with an icebreaker, meaning Mm. I find a way that me and that individual have some commonalities Mm. interest-wise, whether it's food, music, or sporting events. Because think about, um, what are some team-building activities that the company normally does, and where do you see yourself fitting in? People Mm. are always going to connect over food because there's going to be lunches, whether it's lunch and learns or whether they ask you for lunch or coffee. So that could be an area to connect music. Mm -hmm. People are going to listen to music, whether it's, you know, live music, concerts, CDs, or whatnot. So how can you connect with that genre? But then make sure that whenever you are building those relationships, it's, at a surface level, until you get ready to go deeper with that individual, because you don't want to blur the lines too much where they know a lot about you that they could actually use that to your detriment. Because I have seen it where people flip the script and then those relationships easily sour, because especially if you are working for an environment where they do competitive ranking, where you're ranked against that individual that you're friends with, the lines could easily get blurred. And I know with oil and gas, we did that at my company where the ranking was forced ranking. There's only could be certain A's, certain B's and certain C's, whether you're in the administrative bucket. Then whenever you go into MBT, which is managerial, professional and technical, you get ranked in the top third, middle middle thirds and bottom thirds. And the same people that you work with, your colleagues are very well, your ranking mates.
0: Wow. I want to go back. I want to go back to not just race, um, but I also want to talk to you, my buddies. I, I, I told you in, uh, your last name, for example, for me, I'm, I'm a basketball junkie, love basketball. My daughter plays. What I want to go back to is also I always my buddies and I, we used to joke and we were a very diverse group. Right. And I think if you know, anyone knows basketball, you know, it's a very diverse, diverse sport more than any other sport possibly, right? Actually, if anything, it's maybe even reverse. It's more obviously minority than anything else. But what I love is we like, we would get together, watch games, go out after games. I don't know if this is a diversity thing, but I also, what I found out is all my friends and I, we used to joke, there's the professional us, and then there's the, you know, kind of hanging out us right? Cursing, things like that. And I think this is not a diversity thing, but I think that what sometimes you have to, you are obviously a, you know, you can't help but be a, 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 I don't want to say a result, but you are obviously where you're from plays a lot in kind of who you are deep down a little bit. Right. But what I've loved is, you know, people for the most part, they can you know, be professional when needed and be themselves when needed, right? But what I always didn't like was like, I, I don't know, I didn't like that I never felt like I was really being myself at work. Does that make sense? Like, even if something as small as like if someone said like an idea and I wanted to be like, yo, that's effing crazy. Like you can't, it's, I don't know. I, I don't like, what I love now, and especially even in this forum, as you hear me talking I can be Hami Mahani. I don't have to be fake for anyone. If you don't like me, you don't like me. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I could definitely uh, resonate with that because some things that some people see me as melanated, obviously I'm African-American, but I don't sound African-American for one. So when people see me in person, they're shocked. Another thing is code switching. So People feel like they have to talk a certain way whenever they are at work versus whenever they're with their friends. And I feel like you can't help who you are. And then adding on another layer, I'm also first generation American, meaning my dad was South American and my mom is Caribbean, so West Mm -hmm. Indies. So there's different things that we say and do that are culturally different than someone who is truly African American or Black American. And I feel whenever you go into the workplace, if you're the only melanated person, they expect you to be the spokesperson for all Black people or whatnot. Like, uh-huh. for example, when the George Floyd incident happened and the Black Life Matters, they're like, oh, how do you feel about this? Well, the way I feel about it may be different than how somebody else feels about it. That is within my community.
0: Wow. And then they again, basically, and then this now, regardless how you feel on the matter. And I, I, we, we always want to be an escape from drama and the news here. Yeah. I think our, our runners obviously look for that even as things as small as like, you know, anything they want this big excuse. but, but what it seems like, and, and that's, I never even thought about that. So basically it's like your opinion is already assumed though, without even them asking you, that's gotta be, I can only imagine that would like that, that bottom, it sucks, right? Yeah. Like, even if it is going to be your opinion, mm-hmm. right? Like, but at least ask, that's like, yeah, that that would upset me. Like, at least they'll ask me my opinion. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly, because I'm not here to talk shop with you about politics or racial wars right. or anything like that. But the fact that you make assumptions like, I go with the sentiment. It makes the ass out of you and I, and ignorance is bliss because you are just leaning with that, and I feel like that's a way that you can't even be yourself completely at work because you're walking on eggshells trying to be politically correct when these people are coming to you at a different angle, but you have to always uphold your end and make sure you don't slip because then the way they view you can be distorted.
0: Yeah, what is your thought? I'd love to get your thought, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. I just, I, I just want to know too. I am forty two years old, right? And you don't have to answer that, or no one. I never ask a woman or guess their age, but <laughs> but I'm forty two, right? And I'm a Kevin Hart rock, like I'm 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 their fan, right? One of the things I loved about Kevin Hart in the recent kind of drama he had a few years ago, but he asked a question. He was like, "But am I not allowed to evolve, right? Like because I said one thing." was it like 10 years ago, you know, in a comedy special or whatever, wherever he said it. Do you think like the education now though, at least is good because it does allow people to evolve. Like, I love that he said it that way because I grew up in a time when, you know what I mean? Like, again, LGBTQ did not, even those matters did not exist as prevalent as they are today. But me, I now see Oh my God, it's important to be accepting. You know what I mean? Like there's regardless, when you grow up in certain ages, I do feel like you have to evolve and then embrace new pockets of diversity. Am I wrong?
1: No, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's definitely spot on. I'm a millennial. I'm 30, um, going on 31. And I definitely believe that you have to give people grace and mercy because who you were uh, five years ago may be different than who you are 10 years ago and right. et cetera. And just like the world is evolving, technology is evolving. You can't expect people to remain the same. Right. People are going to evolve. And what they did in their past does not depict where they are in their future or or they're present. And I feel like with the way the world and society is going, things are definitely changing. And just to add to your point, yeah, definitely, you know, even the LGBTQIA plus community, there's always letters being added to it and how you address people is even changing. Even on the applications you see nowadays, there's female, male, non-binary, or Mm -hmm. whatever. Then they even asked another question. I recently saw when I was doing an HR interview with someone, it asked you your sex that you were born with and the sex you are now and et cetera. That stuff wasn't on application years ago. You either put male or female, you don't get different options, but I feel like the way that we're going, everything needs to be in a box and everything is so pocket. And I'm like, We are all different people and you Mm -hmm. can't put an individual in a box. They weren't born in a box. So don't try to put them in a box. And I say this on my show. Yes, I'm multifaceted and multidimensional. I was not born in a freaking box and I'm not going to be in a box until the good man above calls me home and I choose to either be in a box or be cremated. But until then, leave me out of your freaking box.
0: Uh, I, I, no, that, that was very well said. No, I, I'm totally with that. I will say, last thing, I have a question on on workplace stuff too. I feel like, obviously, I think, I'd like to think, let me put it this way, I'd like to think as every day passes, we are getting better from even when our parents, you know, kind of came up and went through things. I'm sure they they faced, I would hope that we face a little less. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but let me ask you this with the way that past couple of years have been. Now things are kind of coming back to opening up. Do you think the Zoom work culture hurt people mingling and interacting? Is that going to set, were things set back two years? Like, I don't want to say set back two years, but you know what I mean? Like, were things set back in terms of like, people now are going to be more introverted, not take lunches together? be like, look, I don't want to, I don't want to see you. You know what I mean? Like be, you think that set the workplace to more of an introvert style, you know, or what, what are your thoughts on how the past two years will affect corporate America?
1: So I definitely think the past two years actually woke up the entrepreneurs inside of many people because now they feel like they have the flexibility Mm. where they could do their work from different places in the world. As far as being an introvert, I feel like people were already an introvert. It accentuated them more in that category, but also... For those who are extroverted, it also allowed them to advance some of their introverted skills so they could kind of play into how some of the introverts feel because now they were forced to be conditioned to working in a remote environment. Another point that I want to add on to that is what we saw with being forced to do online remote It also sparked the great resignation because people felt like I should no longer be conditioned and confined to a brick and mortar office. And if I could do my work from home, I should be able to have that luxury to do it. So to answer that in three parts, I'll just recap. It gave the introverts more ability to operate in their zone of genius. It showed the extrovert's a little glimpse of how an introvert person feels. Mm -hmm. So we learned how to interact with our colleagues who may not have the similar mindset. Then it also woke up the inner entrepreneurs inside many of us because while you were able to work from home, it gave you that flexibility to, you know, be a parent to your children, work on your side businesses and mm-hmm. your side hustles while getting your work done because you could either log on early and log off early, or you could have that flexibility throughout your day to do the things that really matter to you while you're taking care of your base job. You know, what pays your your bills.
0: Absolutely. 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 Wow. No, this was great. I've asked everything I think too. And it's, it's funny, like I love hearing, and I I appreciate, you know, you giving us, you know, your valuable time today. I think, like I said, I'm a little inspired. I feel like more people like you who can kind of really help, you know, steer this, this kind of ship, look, corporate jobs and jobs in general. um, Now I read too, like everyone is trying to hire. And even though there's a lot going on in the economy and the gas prices and everything, but the good news at least is like, if you truly want a job, something is out there for you. You know what I mean? It's kind of the message I guess we're being sent. Hopefully that is true. But I love that you're out there also teaching. All right, here's some of the keys that can even help you go further. That's what I think people should want to know is you know, you get a job is one thing, then growing and getting more out of it, that's the second part of it, right? And that's, that should always also still be the goal. I, as we kind of come in the fourth quarter of our conversation, please, if I, if I miss something, if there's something else you wanted to kind of share with our amazing audience, tell me. And definitely anybody has questions. If you don't also want, yeah, I know you have your show. How can people listen to that? Maybe get in touch with you. If they have questions, uh, your social handles, please, you know, go ahead and bring this episode home for me.
1: So I know definitely I'm talking to a community of runners, so I definitely want to encourage you to run with a passion, but allow it to fuel your purpose because each one of you was created for a specific and unique reason. So I need you to stop living in the shadows of other people. Really make your own imprint because the imprint that you make today is going to drive the impact for future generations to come. And what your purpose means is what you were born to do. Why were you placed here? So I need you to really own in on who you are and what's your why. When you know what your why is, it's really going to drive your purpose, but your passion can easily turn into your purpose. If you really get clear and you get focused, you get so laser clear and focused, and you could do that by journaling, by practicing mindfulness and just tuning out the noise and really tapping into your inner self. So you could be whole and complete externally. Another Uh thing that I want to say for those of you listening who want to connect with me, you could find out more info Via my website, which is Genesis, my name, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P dot net. It has info about my podcast, which is Gems Podcast. I am the founder and the host. I have three core pillars, which are to educate, inspire, and motivate while bridging the gap and connecting the dots between diversity, Love equity, that. inclusion, and belonging. And for social media, it's at Genesis Amaris Camp on Facebook and Instagram and Genesis A Kemp on Twitter. But definitely um, never stop believing in yourself and never stop trying new things and always try to be a better version of yourself on a daily basis because each day is a new gift and you get to hit that reset button.
0: Absolutely. Genesis, no, that was very beautifully said. And and I thank everything you're doing. I, I'm speechless, but I'm also inspired. Guys, we'll put everything in the bio so you can get a hold of Genesis. Thank you so much, you know, for your time. And maybe what we'll do is we'll have, you know, questions and have you on. I know sometimes 30 minutes maybe isn't long enough, but this was great. And like I said, I know our group is a very diverse, very great group. So I hope everyone took something out of this, no matter, you know, where you are in the country, everything. This was something that I think hits home, especially now more than ever. So for that, thank you, Genesis. Guys, as always, thank you for listening. And whether you're running, like I always say, whether you're running, whatever you're doing, I really appreciate you giving our show a listen. And, and a lot of these guests, such as Genesis, really give us their valuable time. So we obviously thank them for it. So, all right, Genesis, thank you so much. And guys, have a great day.